Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our SoCal location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services. Well, if you've been a part of our communication um, streams like email or text messaging, you may have picked up on the fact that we have something we would love to share with you today about about the direction of our church. And, you know, it's 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 so big. It's so monumental that I, I can't shoulder it alone. And so it's going to take two of us. So Chris is going to come up here and let me set this in the middle. And. Um, we're gonna we're gonna share with you some amazing news. Hey, Chris. Hey. What's up, man? Hey, Tim. How are you? Good. Welcome good. back. Good. Have we yeah. ever been on, been up here together at the same time? I don't think. I don't so. think so. This I is like so. kind of a big deal. We've tried before, but it just hasn't quite come together. Yeah. But today's yeah. the day. Today's, today's the, day. the day. In fact, today, you know, today's a big day, and 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 you'll understand here why in just a second. It's a big day, but this day has been what like two years in the making, right? What, yeah. What's what's led up to today and what, what's happening? Yeah, so uh, at, if you've been here with us for some time, you know that um, a couple of years ago, we entered into a partnership with a church, uh, the uh, another Foursquare church in Aptos called the Coastlands. And we kind of um, d- diversified and dispersed our team among now three locations. One is Scotts Valley, Soquel, and Aptos. And we've been... Um, working together with them in partnership, but we always knew that that situation was kind of evolving into something um, something special and something different. And um, so this last year in particular, uh, those of us on the leadership team, we gathered and we began to uh, reimagine um, and relook at our values and our vision and the things that we've had and carried with us from, uh, from the beginning of hope and uh, values that uh, Coastlands has had since the beginning of their inception. And these three words really kept coming to, um, coming to the forefront as we began to process these things and pray and have conversations. And so we, we, we started to kind of coalesce our thoughts around these three words, that we want to be a, a body of believers that, that reaches, restores, and releases people into what God has for them. Um, reach, restore, and release really um, kind of... Uh, was at the forefront of these conversations. And so, so our announcement is um, that, that Hope Scotts Valley, Soquel, and the Coastlands in Aptos, um, following the leading, the wind of the Holy Spirit, are, were embarking on a new adventure as one church in three locations, united with a vision uh, to transform our communities by bringing hope, restoration, and empowerment to people's lives. So, so what does that mean? How is that different than what we're doing? Yeah, thanks. That's awesome. So, so how is that different? So, uh, the, so to tell you about that, we recorded a video. Um, our uh, lead pastor, Danny and Jenny, recorded a video. Actually, we played no role in the video at all. We didn't. We, we don't. I, I don't even know how to work my phone. So, uh, so they recorded a video, and we wanted to show it to you, and then we'll we'll come up and talk about it afterwards. Yeah. Here we go. Hey, friends. What's up, everybody? We're the Bennett's. Danny, Jenny, and we're stoked that you're here. We have some exciting news. Some of you have been waiting a long time for this. We believe it's time to unite and come under one name in three locations. We're really excited to share with you today the new name that we believe that God has given to us. It came to us a few um, a few months ago on our anniversary. That's right. We were riding bikes from Seaside up to Monterey, and we were going against the wind. It felt like we were going uphill the whole way. 
Yeah, and by the time we got to the very end at Lover's Point, we were super tired. And it felt like almost a reflection of what this waiting season. It's been a bit uncomfortable. After stopping for lunch, we headed back with the wind to our back, and we were moving so much that it actually felt like a spiritual moment. So we took some time to stop by the harbor and pray, and we were talking about the wind in our backs and how much we wanted God to be in our sails. And as we were talking about that, we felt this like feeling of acceleration that the Lord was meeting us right there on the edge of the harbor. Our prayer was, Lord, can we just be in alignment with you so the wind of your spirit can fill our sails and move us forward? So Danny texted his buddy, who has a boat here in the harbor, and asked him, what's the wind? That, what is it called when you're sailing, when you can almost go faster than the wind, but you're right in the current of it? He texted back, trade wind sailing. And the trade winds are a global phenomenon that God created in the beginning of time. It's also known for the importing and the exporting around the world, which speaks to the kind of church we want to be. It also speaks to the idea that when Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. And that picture I think is when we're in alignment with God and we're moving with the spirit, we can move effortlessly even against the currents of the world. So we're really excited to announce to you today that the new name of Hope and Coastlands will be Tradewinds Church. We want to see the wind in your sails and in the sails of our church because we believe God is doing something new. And I don't know about you as you're watching this video, but can you feel the acceleration of the Holy Spirit with us? We believe this is a Holy Spirit moment that God is gonna be doing something really powerful within our, in our church and in our community. We live in a place where there's 275,000 people that don't know Christ. And we really want to reach the next generation and the people that don't know him. If you think about the harbor, it's a perfect illustration. I feel like God gave us three words, reach, restore, and release. There's a lot of people outside the harbor that need hope, healing, and salvation. And so we're inviting them to come into the harbor where they can be restored. We believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that he's still healing people, saving people, baptizing people, and changing lives. And then, you know what? Boats aren't made to stay in the harbor. They're made to get back into the ocean and sail with the wind. And so the third is release. Being released to your God-given destiny, your purpose. And everybody fits into one of these, and we invite you to be a part of that. We want every person to feel welcome, to be seen, known, and invited to more. And you are invited to more at Trey Wins Church. We love you guys. invite you into something new. <laughs> okay, you were just going to keep going, right? Keep going, keep going. Okay. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be this church if we didn't include the bloopers, right? That's right, like, that's right. Like, that's just keep who the bloopers. we are, right? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, listen, um, that's pretty exciting, right? Is it exciting? Trade Winds Church, and you're going to hear so much more about it in the coming days and weeks and months as it all unfolds. Today is just the announcement of the direction of where we're going. And the beautiful thing is, like all of following after Jesus, right, Chris, uh, it's a divine partnership. You are as involved as any one of us. 
And so we want to invite you to participate, to become a partner in this. And so let me give you some ways that you can participate. So first of all, we want to invite you to pray. Pray for uh, this transition as a church. Uh, all of us are letting go of certain things. And all of us are grabbing a hold of new things, right? And so in any time of transition, we know that our enemy loves to get in there and kind of disrupt. And so pray for this transition. Pray for unity. Pray specifically about how you could get involved. Um, each one of us has a role here. You might have noticed Danny and Jenny talking about reaching, restoring, and releasing and how each one of us is wired toward one of those things or, or more. Maybe you're all about reaching people, and that's like your thing. Like You just love to do that. Maybe restoring is where your heart is. You love to see people built up in their faith, and maybe releasing people into their God-given destiny is your heart, right? So pray about how you can get involved. We want to ask you, secondly, to serve. Figure out, well, let us help you figure out what your giftings are, your passions, your interests, and how you can serve God through this local body of believers. So what we know about this time is it's a perfect on-ramp for you to learn how you're wired and to get involved. This is your time. Like if you've just been sort of watching from the sidelines, this is it. This is your time. Okay, so third, we want to ask you to share. We want to ask you to share this thing. Um, communicate to others the vision, invite people. We're going to be looking over these next few weeks at you're invited. And so we want to uh, ask you to invite people into this new thing that God is doing. And then finally, we want to ask you to partner with us through giving. What we know about giving, God describes it as an act of worship. And so as you worship through your giving in the direction of the new thing God is doing at Tradewinds Church, we want to invite you to join with us in that. Help make this happen through your giving. Now, Chris, there's, so those are four things, but there's another very tangible way that everybody, literally everybody is going to get involved in here at the end, right? Yeah, that's right. So, um, so just to give you a peek at what's coming, we have today we're kind of making this announcement, and then next week will be part two of this series. And then uh, so two weeks from now, uh, not this Sunday or the following, but the one after that, we're going to have part three of this series, and we're going to, in the service, um, we're going to do what's called a congregational vote. Now, here, here's what happens. Um, if you don't know this, uh, so Hope Church and, um, and the Coastlands Church, we're a part of a larger organization called the Foursquare Church, which is the International Foursquare Church of the Gospel. And so we, as a part of that, that larger organization, we have uh, some structure, we have bylaws, we have accountability, we have things that we follow, steps that we follow. And part of that is that they determine that the way we make a change like this is we don't just make it and just inform you. We, uh, we tell you about our desire to make a change like that, and then we, we invite your participation in it by, by having a vote. And so um, what we would be voting on, and we'll tell you more about this, we'll, we'll give you the details, but in, so if you come back two weeks from now, uh, or three Sundays from today, the, um, uh, you're gonna get a chance to, to cast your vote for in favor or against uh, this name, but the, the goal is that you would feel a part of it and you would feel like you're participating in this process because you are. Um, and then theoretically, if that, if that goes the way we think it will, then the following week at Church in the Park, we will be celebrating this new uh, venture that we're all, we're all on. And we have no backup plan, so I'm just gonna tell you that. Um, <laughs> it's just no backup plan. That'll be a very sad day. Full at, send. We would yes. say that's a full that's send. A, it's a full send, this is what we're doing. full send. So, 
so that's kind of the lay of the land. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Tim, do you want to tell us about where we're going to go next here today? Yeah, so as we head into today, we transition. We're going to talk this very first Sunday about reach. What does that look like? How do we define that? What's your part in that? And as we jump into this, we want to we want to make sure that you know this. So whether you've been at Hope Church since the beginning, or maybe you've just come, maybe this is your first Sunday, we recognize that there are lots of questions and that there are lots of emotions around things like this. And so we want you to know that we acknowledge that and we are available, not just Chris and I, but Amy and Nicole and our leaders, we're available for questions and processing and and all the things that you're going to experience as you sort of walk through this season with us. It's new and it's exciting, but at the same time, we're letting go of things as well. And that can cause some emotions. So we're here for you. And yeah. so please seek us out. You can reach out to us you know, here or reach out to us during the week. And we'd love to meet with you, process with you. We're here for you. All right. Yeah. So today, as we jump into uh, this very first one of our three pillars here, REACH, we want to start out by, by reading a passage that we're going to base the next few Sundays on, and it's sort of a, a, uh, an anchor for us, if, if I can, because we're going to use the heck out of this nautical analogy. Yeah, we are. We're really going to drive yeah, it. Yeah, right. we're yeah. going to go crazy with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So as, as an anchor for us in this, I want to read for you uh, what, the, what the author of Hebrews says, chapter 10, verse 19. It says this, therefore, so in light of everything we've just told you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body broken on the cross. And since we have uh, a great priest over the house of God, this is Jesus, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Chris, take yeah. it away. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that passage comes from a book in the New Testament called Hebrews. It's a letter to the church. And um, it's one of the few in the New Testament that is written anonymously. Um, and I, I think that's interesting. Some, some people speculate that uh, perhaps a woman wrote this book and she left her name off it for uh, just so that it would be more well-received in a patriarchal culture. Other people think that Paul wrote it. I don't feel that's very compelling. But, but whoever wrote it, the, the authorship is, is anonymous, which is interesting because what we just heard is one of the most profound descriptions of, of the New Testament church and our relationship with Jesus and what we're invited into. And whoever wrote that, um, didn't take credit for it. I find that really interesting. Um, but it really defines where, who we are, where we're going, um, and, and where we hope to end up as well. So before we get, uh, go any further, I wanted to ask you guys a question. This is, this is a real question, okay? And I understand fully 
that this question has the um, potential to completely divide the room. This could be a very divisive thing, but I'm just going to ask this question right now. Um, what is your favorite Mexican food restaurant in Santa Cruz County? <laughs> your favorite. Uh, this is not rhetorical. I want to hear some answers. You personally, in your opinion, best Mexican food in Santa Cruz County. Go. Palomar, okay, all right. Who else, what was the one over here I heard? Los Pericos. Okay, Tortilla Flats, uh-huh. Uh-huh, no, uh -huh. no th these, are, these are just the places you go. That's, that's just where you go, but I'm looking for the best one. What? El Chino's. Oh, okay, yes, okay. That's a good one. What? Did someone say Taco Bell? Get out, just, <laughs> we'll wait, just, just go. You know, this question is so, it gets so heated in this county. Do you know why we all feel so strongly about this? Because there are so many amazing options. Have you ever stopped to consider how much amazing Mexican food is in this county? Like, I can't even, I've lived here my whole life, I can't even decide. There's so many good places. And there's like seasons in my life where I'm like, I would swear, this is the be-all and the end-all. And then I find another one, I'm like, nope. That place is horrible. They're dead to me, and this is the one. You know what I mean? And that's happened like multiple times over my life. When I was uh, 18, I moved to Dallas, Texas. If you've, if you've ever been to Dallas, Texas, lived there for any period of time, you might know this. I didn't know this. I just thought I'm moving. Mexican food is my favorite kind of food, by the way. I didn't preface this by saying that. When my mom was pregnant with me, she craved nonstop just burritos all the time. And I, I think it was very telling. When I moved to Texas, here's the thought that I had. Now in retrospect, I see this a little silly, but it made sense to me at the time. I'd never, I'd never been before. It's closer to the border of Mexico, right? There will be even more delicious goodness when I get there. False. They, they have this thing called, if you haven't heard of this, let me just prepare you for the sheer existential horror of this. They have this thing called Tex-Mex. They put corn in everything, like canned corn. It's horrible. It's the worst. And I, it was like, I, I went there, and I'd go out with friends. Be, people were like, do you want Chinese or Mexican? I'd say, Mexican, let's do it. And we get there, and it was Tex-Mex. And I was just like, what is happening right now in this place? You know, I have feelings and thoughts. And coming from here, it was very jarring. And so, but here's the thing. At some point, I heard whispers. I heard rumors. I heard popular kids in this school, of which I wasn't one, talking about this place, this, this very, uh, very authentic, I heard words like authentic, and I heard terms like, they make their own tortillas. You know, and you hear these things, you go, oh, this is the one, you know, and, and, I, and I heard that there's, there's a lady in the entryway, and she's just like, like making the tortillas from, from scratch. And I was like, I have to find this place, but nobody would let me in, you know? No one told me the goods. None of the people I knew knew where this was, and I'd ask, and they'd, you know, just get shut down. And so I just felt like I was on the outside looking in. Have you ever felt that way, like you were on the outside of something really good, and you were looking in? That dynamic of feeling like I'm, there's something amazing happening over here, but somehow and for some reason, I'm not a part of it. Have you ever felt that way? That feeling, that distinctive feeling of otherness, of, of being an outsider, is precisely the opposite sensation of what God would want for his people. It's literally the diametric opposite of what he wants for his children. Check out this verse. This is Psalms 30, verse 8. I've read this probably hundreds, if not thousands of times in my life, and I, I still find it to be so profound, every single word. 
just seems so perfect, like a little jewel. This is Psalms 34, uh, verse 8. It says, this is the invitation of God, and it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good, blessed, fruitful, flourishing is the one who takes refuge in him. That word refuge uh, in Hebrew uh, is interchangeable with the word trust. Blessed is the one who, who entrusts their life to him. This is an awesome invitation when you think about it. You know, there's a lot of things that God could, could have been. There's a lot of ways in which he could have postured himself towards his creation. He's God. There's no one else to tell him what to do. He, he's God by himself. He, he made the universe, and he could have stayed removed and aloof from it. That would be well within his right to do, right? Who would tell him otherwise? He could be far away, and that would be the end of things. Or he could have just given us tantalizing but very small pieces of information about who or what he might be, and we just have to scrounge around here on the earth and try to build an incomplete picture, and we'd live always with questions and, and, and just never have any kind of idea of who this God might be. Just, he's just always tantalizingly out of reach. He could have done that. Who would tell him differently, right? But instead, our creator postured himself as our father and invited us in fully. Taste and see. You know, when you have kids and you, you know, the role of a parent, I think, when children are small, is to try to get them, for the love of God, to just eat one kind of food that isn't that one food that you just always want to eat. It's like, like I think, especially with boys, baby boys, sorry boys, you know, you're just going to hear this right now. This is true, though. They just glom on to like one thing, and that's, all, that's the only thing that they would eat if you never tried anything else. If you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. Right? And you just, you try everything. It's like the airplane, you know? Like, please, you know, I can't, I, I, looking back, I can remember all these times when my mom was like, I would say, no, I hate that kind of food. She goes, just try it. It's good. It's good. You know, if you're a parent, you've said that. Just try it. It's good. You know, I clearly stated, mom, that I hate it. So you saying it's good doesn't change that fact, right? The Lord in his generosity is, is coming down onto our level and he's saying, just try. Just try. Just take a step forward. Just take a step forward and, and see that it's good before you continue further in. You see the generosity there? Because he could, if God was easily offended, he could say, you don't like what I have to offer? Then forget it. I, I don't want to convince you. I'm amazing, right? Have you ever had a friend where, you know, where you're just like, you just want to tell him, like, just, just be my friend. I'm amazing, you know? <laughs> like, just, like... <laughs> You know, someone's a little standoffish, and it's like offensive, right? It's like, you don't, you don't know how, what you're missing out on, right, being my friend. God is not at all offended that people reject him all the time. I, I think he experiences the sorrow of it. But instead of being offended, he said, will you try just a little? Just trust just a little bit more today and experience my goodness. Which leads us to our... Our, our one and only point today. Usually I save this for the end, but I'm just going to tell you right here that God can be experienced. God can be experienced. What do you think of 
If, when I say that, that God can be experienced. Now, maybe some people here, you, you might be fully convinced of that already. Oh, yes, of course I know that God can be experienced. Others might go, I, I, that hasn't been my experience. I, I know about God, and I, I'm possibly even drawn to the belief in him, but I've never uh, felt what you're describing as an experience. Um, but regardless of where you're at in that spectrum, where, what do you think of when you think about experiencing God? What kind of things do you think of? What kind of words come to mind when you think about the idea of experiencing God? Anyone? Love. Love. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Comfort. Comfort. Yeah. Redemption. Redemption. That's an experience, right? What else? Say it again. Miracles. Hope. Hope. Saved. Saved. Inclusive. What was that? Inclusive. Inclusive. Mm-hmm. Peace. Yeah. Yeah, I, those are some of the ones I wrote down too. You're coming from a, a charismatic background, I wrote down euphoria. <laughs> you know, I mean, sometimes when we think about the experience of God, I, like, it's natural for me to think about worship. You know, we sang these songs this morning. I was raising my hands. I was physically engaged in it. And I, you ever feel like some moment in worship where you feel kind of like, you know, goosebumpy and, you know, you just feel like, it feels like God is here. You know, I'm, and I'm aware of it. But here's the thing. So, so God can be experienced. And many of us here would testify to that. That's what we just did. We testified that, that it's been our experience that God can be experienced. But the difference between knowing a person and knowing, know, knowing about that person and knowing that person is, is time spent in their presence. In fact, I think one of the, the pinnacles of experiencing God might be um, what Jesus described in his invitation in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. He says this. He says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Come to me. Come taste and see. And here's what he's offering in that experience, that exchange. He says, And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And that, that you know, this is an agrarian society. We don't, we don't drive down the road and see yoked oxen together. But the invitation is, come and partner with me. Come and partner with me. Which is a, a strange thing when you think about partnership. You know, if you, were, if, you were, um, if you had a business idea, you know, you were formulating a little business plan, you're like, I, you know, I have this plan, I want to go out and accomplish it, but I'm not sure if I want to do it on my own. And then right then you got an email you know, from Bill Gates, and he says, hey, I'm looking for a business partner. Would you like to just, just come in, at, you know, just come in and partner with me, some things I'm trying to accomplish? You'd be like, what? what? That's crazy, right? This is the partnership that's being offered to us. Come and partner together. For my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, you'll find rest for your souls. This seems to be, maybe for Jesus, the pinnacle of this experienced um, this thing that can be experienced in relationship with God is, is rest. But if this, if this experience is available to us, and many of us just testified to that fact that God can be experienced and it's available to us, why on earth would we ever keep that to ourselves? You know, like those popular kids at that Bible college that I went to all those years ago that had stumbled upon maybe the perfect Mexican food restaurant, and they just kept it to themselves. 
why would you do that, right? Is there only one table, you know, <laughs> right? You know, there was a time when God's people, they went to a temple to meet with and experience God. That was the order of things. That was the, the way it was set up. But what Jesus did and what we just heard the author of Hebrews talk about is he, there, the inauguration of a brand new order, and it took place 2,000 years ago, and now that temple, instead of traveling to a temple, that temple is now uh, a tabernacle, and that tabernacle is our heart. The place where God resides is in our hearts. Now, the difference between traveling to a temple and recognizing that God now resides inside of us, uh, well, there's many differences, but two of them are the presence of God is now transportable and transferable. You know, there was a point in the history of God's followers where if you wanted to introduce your friend who had never met God to this radical God, you would say, travel with me, and we're going to go to the temple. It's beautiful, and it's awesome. And there's a chance when we go there that you will experience many of these things that we just talked about, redemption, the feeling of being saved, of peace and hope. You're going to experience these things, but you've got to come with me to the building because that's where God is. What a shame that we would ever think that now. We've got to invite our friends to a building. God goes with us out into the community. It's transportable. His presence is transferable. So when we're talking with people, when we're experiencing life with people, and we say, and someone says, I'm, I'm without some of these things, I'm without hope. I, I feel, what's the opposite of saved? I feel lost. I feel lost. Good news. I happen to have brought with me the person who can fix that, Right? We're like mobile doctors on call all the time. When we gather together, we, wanna, we want others to experience God that way as well, though, the way that we have. If we're going to gather in a place like this, so we've established that this isn't the only place that people are going to experience God, but if we are going to come together, we want, them to, we want them to experience God the way that we have. And we want that experience to change our heart and change the way we think about our values. You know, we think a lot about our values don't we? We kind of establish our values early on and we decide what's valuable and what isn't. And we, we root our life and our choices in that. And so if we're going to do that, we want those values to be so close to the heart of Jesus so that we're walking out what he has for us. Did you know that Jesus uh, prayed for you? Did you know that he prayed for you? He did it on several occasions. One of them is recorded in John chapter 17. Um, and there's a series of prayers but at some point, this, this takes place, this exchange. And the apostle uh, John, he, he was there, he heard it, and he wrote it down, and then passed it down through history so that someone like you and me could, could read it in a place like this and, and hear the prayer that Jesus prayed for us. Here it goes. It says, after Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven, and he prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to those you have given him. So in other words, there's, there's a new arrangement now. And God can be known through the person of Jesus. And now listen to what he prays for us. He says, now this is eternal life. So he's saying this out loud and we're eavesdropping on the words of Jesus. Now this is eternal life 
What is eternal life? That they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. I've brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. What was the work that God gave Jesus to do? To bridge the divide between God and people so that we could know him. You know, if, you, if, if there's someone close to you that you, that you know, um, you could make a list of facts about them, right? You could write down facts about them, their favorite color, uh, maybe the car that they drive, are they a good driver, you know, uh, their favorite food. You could write down, and, and, this, and the more uh, information you have about them, the more exhaustive this list could be. But at the end, you just have, whether it was a paragraph or pages and pages and pages, you'd have information about that person. That's not without value, but in the end, it's just information. If you spend time in their presence, though, then you've engaged all of your other senses, and you have experiential knowledge to add to the picture of who you are. My wife and I have been married for 20 years. Actually, yesterday was the anniversary of me asking her to be my girlfriend 25 years ago. That's pretty special. Will you go steady? She said no. It was actually it was another two years. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. She, she said yes. Here we are. Uh, best decision she ever made, I'm sure she thinks all the time to herself. Um, never says it, but she thinks it, I'm sure. Um, but here's the thing. If all I had collected over the last 25 years was just lists of information about her, well, I would just know a lot of things about her. That's all, right? But there's, there's, there's things involved. There's a transference of experiential knowledge when I'm in her presence. The way she moves, the way she reacts to sights and colors and sounds and smells. You know, the, how soft her hair is, you know? which side she likes to sleep on. These are, these are all things that would be very difficult to catalog on a page. Do you know what I'm talking about? When you're, when you're close to someone over a long period of time, you know them in a way that is, is more than just information. But together, the information and the experience help shape the way we know a person. And Jesus prayed that we would know God beyond just information, that we would experience him we would experience his presence. And then he made a way for us to do that at great expense to himself. Why would we keep that to ourselves, right? And when we talk about this idea of reaching, um, it's easy to just kind of catalog it as just kind of just pure evangelism, just going out there and passing out tracts and telling people, you know, you, you should be saved. You know, that's, I, you know, I came from a tradition where that's, that's how I thought about uh, reaching out to other people, but, but it's, it's more than that. It's about invitation. It's about dialing your life in so that your life itself is actually the invitation to live openly and honestly and with integrity before people. Because when, when you have a full realization of what you've been invited to and the generosity of God, you cannot help but live in a way that, that keeps the door cracked open for other people to follow you through. You know what I'm talking about? But it's important if we're going to do this reaching that it comes, from, uh, it comes from a place that's rooted in our own experience with God. And we need to revisit that presence of God on a regular basis. 
Because when we, when we know him in the biblical way, when we know him, it's very natural for us to want to make him known. And that's our purpose. There's a lot of people lost at sea out there. A lot of people, uh, Jenny referred to it in the, the number that she referred to in that video. She didn't explain where that number came from, but 270 some odd thousand people are the, the, the number of people that live in Santa Cruz County. Somewhere just shy of 5,000 of them will find their way into a church this month. Think about those numbers. If that causes the breath to catch in your chest for just a second, that's because you know God and you know his heart for people. And we can change the way that we think about people when we spend time with Jesus and we begin to think of them as his lost sheep, right? When um, Amy and I were with uh, Danny and Jenny when Hope began, we met in their living room before it was ever a church. Um, he met me when Amy and I were between churches, he met me. Uh, and reached out to me. He knew someone that I knew, and we had coffee, and he told me his idea for Hope Church. And I said, that sounds awesome. You should do that. I will pray for you. <laughs> Have a nice day. And we met several more times. I thought he was just inviting me into the planning process because he wanted my opinion. Um, he saw a place for me in that. And, um, and so when, when it started, I told, I, I told Amy, I said, let's give this guy six months. Meaning, we'll help him for six months. And that was 12 years ago. And so when we talk about these, you know, this, this is a big change. We're talking about a name change. Um, and, and if you feel at all like, oh, gosh, it feels like there's some sense of loss. Change always feels that way. Well, no one feels that more than Amy and I. We feel that, too. Um, but change is a part of life. It's a part of it. Um, you know, it's, it's a healthy part. If, if we never change, then we would never grow. Um, stagnation is not what God has for us. Christianity itself is a change agent in the world. It's an agent of change. When uh, hope began, this is the story I wanted to tell just a second ago. When hope began uh, early on, I think we were just a few, um, few years into it, we used to have these little meetings in restaurants. That's how we would do our leadership meetings. We'd meet in a restaurant and talk about things. And uh, can you, uh, Jay, do you want to throw up that picture? This is when Andrew was young and we, um, we met in this restaurant, it was over on Portola, and we were having this intense conversation, and all of a sudden I turned and looked, and I realized I didn't see Andrew anywhere. This is a very common uh, Andrew trait, is he would just find ways to disappear in public places in the worst possible ways. Uh, it was very charming, and um, <laughs> as a parent, uh, not at all terrifying. And so we, you know, we're on Portola, and here's the thing, there's things that they don't give you, there's no manual for parenting, but if there was, this got left out of the manual for me. I didn't know that when you, when you have kids, you transform into another kind of human being when you think they're lost. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you cannot know what I'm talking about, okay? Here's what happened. This, this all happened within a sequence of probably less than 30 seconds. I looked and I was like, I don't see Andrew. And then I took a bigger step back and I surveyed everything that I could see within my sight line. I was like, I don't see Andrew. And then I walked out the front door and I realized we're on this very busy street with, can we be frank, a lot of creepers and like windowless panel vans and things like that. And I look and I'm like, I don't see Andrew. This is the first like eight seconds. Then I saw this guy just walking down the street and in my head I imagined pushing him over grabbing him by the neck and throttling him until he told me where my son is. That's like in the first 20 seconds. 
I was never that kind of person before I had kids, right? I began to look around, and we started searching up and down. You know, uh, Amy joined, and then pretty much the whole leadership team is calling out, Andrew, Andrew, Andrew. And then I, come, I step back inside, and I open the door, which had been propped open by the restaurant because it was a hot day. I swing the door around. This little guy is standing behind the door with that face, and he goes, Hi, Daddy. <laughs> like, wasn't this hilarious? Yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> if I had not found my, my son that day, I would have never stopped looking for him. You know what I mean? I would have never stopped. I would be out there looking for him right now. That's how God feels about his lost kids. When we spend time with him in the right way, when we open our hearts to be broken by his broken heart, we cannot help but experience him in that way and then look at the 270,000 people in this county and go, God is broken over them. He wants them to experience him the way that we have. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus gives this series of images. He, he talks about a lost coin, a lost sheep, and a lost son. And this is him trying to get across his brokenness for those that don't know him yet and tell us, this, this is my plan for the world. This right here, that you would experience me and then take that experience out and share it with others so that they could have that same experience. We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God. The cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways you can get connected here at Hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at Hope, we'd love to help you find a home. Please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at discoverhope.church. Lastly, we give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers donations to support this ministry. If you'd like to give to the Mission of Hope Church, you can select the Give option on our website or text any amount to 831-800-2060. Thanks again for tuning in.